Oh my goodness, I'm so freaking excited because the biggest movie out in the country, in the world right now, is the one and only Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and our guest this week is from that exact film. Yes! That's right, we have another Marvel family member coming on, Mabel Kadena. Oh my goodness, I'm so super excited, man, because when going through researching, talking to her and everything like that, she did so much preparation for this film, it's absolutely Absolutely insane. Learned yeah. English and Mayan specifically for this film. Yeah, and learned different how to swim underwater and breathing techniques to make it look like she's lived her whole life underwater. Combat training. It's like it was like two years of this like extensive training to be in this movie, man. Yeah. It was unreal. I'm super excited for everybody to hear. It's so inspiring, and all the up and comers are definitely gonna love it. Oh yeah. But that's later on the show. Now let's get a little crazy. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Episode 213 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm is here, and we're super excited about it. You guys know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouse. What's up? Before we tease the rest of the show, though, be sure to leave us a rating on the podcast, comment below wherever you're listening, and tell us what you think about this show. Leaving a rating actually helps the podcast get seen by more people who enjoy entertainment news or people who are breaking into the entertainment industry, because we want to give you the knowledge to be in the room where it happens have that conversation (laughs) and present yourself properly man oh man it's going to be a great show though because like we teased a little bit earlier we got mabel kadina coming on the show from black panther wakanda forever and we're going to be talking about bob Iger's return as ceo we were not expecting it and we'll be talking about our opinions on that and so much other things james gunn being the head of the dcu and what does that mean for all of the other properties Mm. we've had our speculations but now we're going to deep dive into it and all of these other things top gun maverick is coming back to the theaters which what What? why um but you know it's gonna be crazy guys we're super excited but before we get started be sure to head over to our website www.crazyatmedia.com where you start shopping the latest and greatest gear now i know it is the holiday season and you are struggling with gift ideas for basically (laughs) everyone in your family especially those that you don't really see as often well we have the perfect gifts for you head over to our website www.crazyatmedia.com crazyantmedia.com and you can see all of the options that we will offer man oh man we have shirts we have hats we have teddy bears we have phone cases we have tumblers we have coffee mugs we have anything and everything that you need this upcoming holiday season so be sure to follow us at crazyantmedia and at itcap podcast as well so that you will know when the promo deals will happen so that you can get a little bang for your buck this holiday season But man, oh man, of course, we're starting with Disney, as we do always. As we begin, the biggest news in Hollywood happened while we were on hiatus. Now, in that move that may caught the industry off guard, some of us were predicting it, but, you know, we didn't really think it would actually happen. And we're talking about it, guys. Bob Iger is back, and he's replacing the bad Bob. Bad Bob is gone. Chappic as D- Disney CEO. An interesting turn of events for the world's largest media company that has been in turmoil since Iger stepped down as CEO in February of 2020. 
There had been rumblings of a shakeup and the C-suite, but the prospect of Iger returning to CEO still seemed very far-fetched. Now, Iger was put out of power as CEO for a little under three years, while Iger has returned as the old in his old role, the board also made it clear that his new term will be a temporary one. Now, Iger has agreed to serve as Disney's CEO for two years with a mandate from the board uh, to set the strategic direction with a new renewed growth and to work closely with the board to develop a successor uh, to lead the company in the completion of his term. Now, Disney stock has jumped in response to Iger's stunning reinstatement and is currently sitting at $99 per share. And we've talked to you a little bit about how, you know, it dropped below $100. And that was the first time in so many years that that had happened. But man, oh man, it is quite quite pleasing to wake up and see that oh, yeah. news oh yeah i mean like like we, we've been talking about it for months <laughs> we felt this was the right move we felt it was a pr stunt when the board you know renewed his contract chapik's contract we just thought that was just saving face while they were trying to figure out what they were going to do but what we didn't no is would Iger say yes that was the big thing you know everybody wanted him back everybody kind of figured that was the move but would he want to well apparently he did want to so we're super fucking pumped about that and I like that he's gonna be responsible for the succession plan now of making sure it's the right person to take over and on the record right now I posted on social media but I'm gonna say it here on the show Dana Walden I honestly believe that is going to be the successor and she will become the first woman in the hundred plus year history of Walt Disney Company to become the CEO. So we'll see. We'll see if we're right. We'll see if that's going to happen. But that's my prediction. And yeah, Iger didn't waste any time putting his mark back on the company either. Soon after he was announced as CEO, he reorganized Disney's content distribution structure and told everybody that Kareem Daniel, Chappick's right-hand man, the chairman of the company's media and entertainment distribution unit, well, he's out. He left Disney right away. He then held a town hall style meeting with Disney employees and spoke about how happy he was to be back, even referencing the song, What Did I Miss? from the hit Broadway show, of course, Hamilton, and then joked, which I thought was fucking epic, that Chappick was no longer in the room where it happens. So, I fucking love that. He then ensured employees that he is focusing on bringing Disney back to where it once was. Iger told employees that the Disney hiring freeze would remain in place for now, saying it is the wise thing to do to keep the freeze in place given the challenges facing the company. He also mentioned that the duration of the hiring halt will be a factor as he addresses Disney's overall cost structure. He also addressed the company's streaming services. He said uh, that they would no longer be chasing subscribers with aggressive marketing and aggressive spend on content. Instead, the company will start chasing profitability by taking a hard look at the cost structure across its business businesses. But Iger said the main focus for the company has to be creativity, which the returning CEO stated was his number one priority, saying, quote, a number of you who worked with me know I'm obsessed with that. Iger said Disney's creative muscle, it's 
uh, he's obsessed with it for that reason because it's what he feels drives the company. And I think we've all talked about it over the last three years of, of the Chappix fucking chaos. Creativity was gone. Everybody was talking about how Marvel's Phase 4 didn't seem right and we weren't getting any new Star Wars movies and there were misses at the box office with Lightyear and it's like they desperately need to put the focus back on creativity. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, with that, with everything happening, you know, he's been, quote unquote, he retired basically like three times and then has come back. Yeah. I mean, we love Iger, don't get me wrong, but the only blemish I feel like that he has in his career is finding that right successor. That is the only thing because everything else has been damn near spot on perfect for the board members, for stock market, for everything like that. But I mean, the cherry on top will be finding that right successor. And I don't necessarily think that two years is going to be enough time. I bet he stays on for three. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's going to be very interesting. But that also goes back to. Does he really want to leave? I think he really wants to die as Disney CEO. I'm not going to lie. I love it, and I, I'd be here for it, but I think he's just that type of guy. He's so engulfed in the company like that. Um, but I think the only thing holding him back is finding that perfect succession. So I think we'll see what happens and how that will move forward. Well, and, and I agree with you. I think he doesn't ever want to leave Disney. I just feel like he's been there his entire life practically, and that's just his home, and he cares that much about about it um what i'd like to see if he does decide not to want to go anywhere is pick the ceo put the person in place and then uh become chairman again become yep. chairman of the board get out of the way and let your ceo that you hand pick do their job mm -hmm. that's why i think it's going to be walden because they've got a tight relationship and he likes walden the company likes walden because chapik installed her you know right now and, and everybody was okay with it so I, I feel like that's the right move but if he is going to stay i feel like he's got to get out of her way though if yeah. that is the successor yeah uh, um, there was another name that was in the rumor mill that was uh he used to run the television side at pierce or price or yeah, yeah yeah he is also in the rumor mill but also Bob Chappick let him go. So if Bob Iger brings him back, I feel like there's definitely going to be that who's going to be the best for the company yeah. type of situation. But it's so exciting, though. We are very happy. Um, but, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be more than two years, to be honest. Now if we can just get fucking rid of Zasloff. Exactly. We, we, we got rid of Chappick. Now let's just fucking get rid of Zasloff and everything will be back to normal. Exactly. Well, Disney and Marvel's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, towered over the box office charts for the third weekend in a row, and it's expected to hold on to the top spot again this weekend with 17 to 19 million. The superhero uh, sequel brought in nine or 45.9 million yeah. over a traditional weekend and 64 million over the five-day Thanksgiving frame boosting the domestic tally to $367 million. Woo! Now, after three weeks of release, uh, it's already the fifth highest grossing movie of the year in North America. Soon, it'll be one of the three films in 2022 to cross $400 million at the domestic box office. Globally, Wakanda Forever has amassed a mighty $675 million, which is absolutely insane. I know a lot of people are like, what was 
what about Top Gun Maverick? I mean, I don't think Top Gun Maverick will break ten million. I mean, no, yeah, this no. weekend. So I definitely think this is gonna stay on top. Yeah, and I I think though the overall because Top Gun Maverick's the biggest of the year so far, and oh, yeah, I think they saw sure. Black Panther coming up its ass, and they're like, put it back out. Let's grab a couple more million. You know, to kind of keep that. I think that's why we'll talk about that later. Though it wasn't all good for Disney though, even though they did hold the two top spots at the box office over the holiday weekend. Strange World failed to entice family audiences, collapsing in its debut with just $11.9 million from 4,174 North American theaters over the weekend and just $18.6 million over the five-day holiday frame. Now, heading into the weekend, the film was expected to earn between $30 and $40 million during that weekend. Strange World didn't make up any ground at the international box office either, where it earned just $9.2 million from 43 markets for a global start of only $27.8 million. Now, the $180 million budgeted Strange World, poised to be another huge money loser for Disney, expected to lose more than $100 million mm. by the time of its end of its theatrical run. Ouch. Yeah. Thanks, Chappick. Yeah. <laughs> nice way to send him out. Way to send him out. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, this is the guy who, you know, maybe we should not focus on animation. Like, right. bitch, this whole thing was started on animation. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Uh, Marvel unveiled its first trailer of Guardians yes. of the Galaxy Volume 3, and if you're not crying by the end of it, what's wrong with you? Showcasing the final installment in James Gunn's franchise, the film will explore Rocket Raccoons, a.k.a. Bradley Cooper's, the actor's origins, and the return of Zoe Saldana's Gamora in the trailer. Viewers finally got to see a grand entrance for the all-gold super-being human Adam Warlock. Yes. The scene of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is played by MCU newcomer Will Poulter, who was or has previously starred in The Maze Runner, Midsummer, Dope Sick. In the comics, Warlock is an all-powerful artificial being created to destroy the Guardians of the Galaxy. However, it appears that Chukori, uh character, uh, the high evolutionary, will be the main villain. An ultra-intelligent being uh, who created Rocket. Yeah. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will hit theaters May 5th of 2023. Mm, yeah, look, that trailer makes it sure look like we're going to see the demise of Rocket. Yeah. That's mm, yeah, and like mm. we were talking about off-air, I mean, James Gunn just doesn't want anybody else to do him. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, that's his favorite character. He said it time and time again, and now that he's jumped ship to DC, he's like, that's it. Fucking killing Rocket. It's fine. It's fine. We're all going to cry. It's great. Hey, Disney also revealed the first trailer for Indiana Jones, and it's got an official name now, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, mm. which is the official title for the fifth installment of the cracking adventure franchise now on top of that the trailer showcases a de-aged harrison ford as indy back in the glory days of the archaeology and adventures uh it's awesome i mean it, it's scary how much this technology works it's freaking terrifying the film is scheduled for release on june 30th 2023 now, Indy's latest outing is set in the 1960s, as we've told you, during the space race between the U.S. and Soviet Russia. Now, unlike previous films, George Lucas did not write the story for Indiana Jones 5 
And Steven Spielberg is not the director. Instead, both of those roles will be filled by James Mangold, who, as you guys know, is known for films like Logan, Ford vs. Ferrari, 310 to Yuma, and more. Spielberg is still attached as an executive producer, and Lucas, the original creator of the film franchise, is credited with some involvement in the writer's room. I'm okay with this, though. James Mangold's a brilliant filmmaker. You look at Logan. That should tell you everything you need to know. It's in good hands, and the trailer was awesome. Check out the trailer. It was pretty fucking funny. For sure. The Mandalorian officially has set a season three premiere date. Yes. The third season of the Star Wars series will debut on Disney Plus March 1st. Now, the third season will take place following the events of the Book of Boba Fett, in which the Mandalorian-led Din Djarin, who's played by Pedro Pascal, was last seen reuniting with Grogu in the miniseries. The two then left Tatooine with Mando heading to the planet Mandalore to restore his honor and become a Mandalorian again. Yes. In the last teaser released in September, Mando faces off against several armed warriors in their homeworld. So, I mean, you know, basically a redemption story, trying to get him back to, you know, honor. Yes. So it's going to be good. I'm really excited and about who's it. Who's going to say no to Grogu? Exactly. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> Tell Me Lies has apparently been renewed for season two at Hulu. The series, based on the Karaloa Lovering novel of the same name, debuted its first season on the streaming service back in September on the 7th. The season finale just recently aired October 26th. So uh, I guess this one was pretty popular. It always looks intriguing when I'm pissing by it, but I haven't checked it out yet. So we'll see. For sure. It for sure sounded like you said pissing by it. But no. Yeah, no. yeah, passing by passing it. Passing by, by it. <laughs> FX has placed a pilot order for The Trenches, an oh. animated series from Drew Goddard. Yes. Now, according to the network, a half-hour comedy will follow a modern family of monster hunters. Ooh. Now, Goddard, who the creator and executive producer behind Netflix's Daredevil, wrote the pilot and will serve executive producer alongside uh, Sarah Esberg for uh, Textile. Uh, the project is being produced for, by 20th Animation. Uh, Gar is currently under an overall uh, deal with ABC Signature. Now, Floyd County Productions will provide animation services for the pilot. Oh. So, you know, animation is so big, so it makes sense. It is, and Goddard's awesome. So, I mean, anybody who's watched Daredevil on Netflix knows he's... All right. Love Pretty it. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can everybody still hear me? Can everybody? <laughs> I think so. I think so. All right. Good stuff. Live. We love live. Fox. Let's jump over to Fox. Fox Entertainment has entered into a non-exclusive broadcast direct development deal with writer, producer, and director McGee. Under the deal, McGee and his Wonderland Sound and Vision production company will develop and produce drama series for Fox. Now, all series developed under the deal will be fully owned and distributed by Fox. McGee has a long history with the network, going back to his days as an executive producer on the network's hit drama series, The O.C. He also directed multiple episodes of Fox's series adaptation of Lethal Weapons film franchise and served as an executive producer. In addition, he co-created and directed the pilot for Fox series Fastlane. So he's, he's you know, you keep people that do well for you in, in the house. So that exactly. makes sense. Exactly. Well, heading over to Warner Brothers Discovery, like we were teasing about a little bit earlier, James Gunn, the new co-chairman and co-CEO of DC Studios, alongside Peter Safran, confirmed that the DC Universe under his watch will be connected across film, television, animation, and video games. 
<clears throat> but that doesn't mean Gunn and Safran are putting a band on standalone projects that exist outside of a larger interconnected DCU. Now, in recent years, the animated series Harley Quinn and films such as Joaquin Phoenix starring Joker, Robert Pattinson starring Batman, have told you DC stories separate from the main DC Universe timeline. But Gunn also confirmed that he is planning to give more DC characters their own television series in order, order to build out the DC Universe. Well, so, there you go. I mean, you know, a lot of people are talking about, is this going to be connected Kind of, not yeah, really. Yeah, but, you know. Uh, well, I think. I mean, he kind of hinted at the way I took it from the interview is is that those three Harley Quinn, you know, Pattinson's Batman and and Joker. That's it. Yeah, it, they're the only things moving forward that are going to stay outside of it. Probably won't go past the second Joker, in my opinion. So it's going to be Harley Quinn and Batman, and like, I, you know. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> even with all that news, shakeups are continuing over at Warner Brothers in regards to DC branded content. According to Channing Dunging, the head of Warner Brothers TV Group, Warner Brothers Television Studios is in the process of closing a major animation deal mm. with Amazon for DC content, possibly introducing some animated DC content onto Prime Video. She said, quote, the studio is exploring animated IP on different platforms. This includes HBO Max, which is owned by Warner Brothers Discovery. With animation, we used to be about staying in-house, but now we are doing it on different platforms. HBO Max is the first stop, but we are in the process of closing a big deal with Amazon featuring DC-branded content in animation. Dungey didn't elaborate further on the deal between the two mega companies. So, I don't know if that's going to be new animated shows that they're doing or if they're going to pluck some animated shows and put them over there i don't know yeah um, i think we talked about this a little bit last time when um the last show before we went on our little flu hiatus but yeah it's very interesting this is definitely a money grab i feel like because they need financial benefits to yeah. help them build back up the studio and i think this is just part of it um especially in the animation game they're just trying to figure out what they can do best it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very freaking interesting. It is. Well, the Dune prequel series at HBO Max has added Mark Strong, Jade Anoka, oh. and Chris Mason to its cast. Strong will play Emperor Javeko Corono, described as a man from the great line of the War of the Wartime Emperors, who is called upon to govern the Imperium and manage the fragile peace. Mm. Ukana uh, will play Sister uh, Theodosia, is said to be a talented and ambitious acolyte and at the sisterhood who harbors a dangerous secret about oh, her past. Uh -oh. uh, Mason will appear as Korean Altries, uh, described as a sword master to the great house of whose ambition to live up to his family name is distributed or uh, disrupted uh, when he forms an unexpected connection to a member of the royal family. Oh. Currently titled Dune the Sisterhood, the series is set uh, around 10,000 years before the events of Dune. Uh, sounds like House of the Dragon. Uh -huh. uh, and is based on the novel Sisterhood of Dune. Uh, by Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. Per the official logline, the show follows the Harkin sisters, uh, Emily Watson and Shirley Henderson, as they combat, uh, combat forces that threaten the future of humankind and establish the fabled sect known as the Bean Grizzard. 
uh, it is currently in production at the moment, so we will have more news when it comes out. All so, right. Very interesting. I know a lot of people are in need of their Dune fix. Sure, so. sure. All right. Jumping over to Paramount, apparently you can't keep Maverick down. He can't gra- you can't keep him grounded. He's got to be in the air at all times. Top Gun Maverick has flown back into the theaters in time for the holidays. Paramount re-released the blockbuster sequel on the big screen, including select premium large formats and IMAX yesterday, and apparently it plans to keep running it through December 15th. Now, the film, which is already readily available to watch on home entertainment, lands on Paramount Plus for free on December 22nd, which would explain why it's going to exit the theaters again by the 15th. I guess that makes sense. It for sure sounds like either Tom Cruise wants a money grab or like Paramount is trying to capitalize on college students coming home and just kids being out of school and watching some stuff with the fam. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it is a good family film. It is. Go see it if you have it. Uh, Paramount Pictures has released the first yes. trailer for Transformers Rise of the Beast. The seventh installment of the Hasbro film franchise is set to release June 9th of 2023. The latest movie introduces the animal-themed uh, Maximals, uh, Petercons, and Terracons. Yes. Uh, Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback star in the upcoming action film with director Stephen Capel Jr., who has previously directed Creed II. Ramos plays Noah, an ex-military electronics expert who lives and supports his family in Brooklyn, while Fishback plays Elena, an artifacts researcher at the museum. Peter Cullen, uh, who has lent his voice to the Autobots leader Optimus Prime throughout the franchise's run, will reprise his role as the film centers on Optimus in the 1990s. Now, Brooklyn is inspired by the franchise's uh, Beast Wars storyline. Now, Rise of the Beast serves as the first of the planned trilogy uh, with two more sequels in early development. So I know a lot of people are wondering what would that standalone Bumblebee one, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do anything with that. Yeah, except that there's been, I guess, if I think, because Bumblebee looks exactly the same. Obviously, the Bumblebee standalone was set in the 80s and did have some connections to the original trilogy, right? But it was supposed to be like a prequel. Well, this one, if you watch the trailer really carefully, does look like it also has some connections to Bumblebee. Mm. So I think they're all connected somehow. And and from the rumors are is that this is going to be like these guys are, they have been on Earth this whole time, but they're actually from an alternate timeline and they've come back into this timeline. So I think the goal is to try to do maybe an end game type thing where they're going to merge the timelines and create one solid timeline and somehow link all the original films with Bumblebee with this one and then move forward which if that is the case great I think that's the right move but boy it sounds fucking confusing as shit it does like, <laughs> I mean, so we'll see we'll find out I, I have no idea but um Paramount Plus also released the first trailer for 1923, its upcoming spinoff series of the Yellowstone, of course. The limited series features a new generation of the Dutton family who are no less plagued by violence. Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford star as husband and wife Jacob and Cara Dutton, respectively. Now set on the expansive rural terrain of Montana, 1923 is set over the decades before the birth of Yellowstone protagonist John Dutton, of course played by Kevin Costner, and 40 years 
after the events of 1883, the first Yellowstone prequel series. 1923 will consist of two seasons with eight episodes apiece. The series will uh, premiere on December 18th, so like right around the corner in the U.S. and Canada, on Paramount+. Plus. The pilot will also air on Paramount Network the same day as part of a simulcast event, followed by a debut of a new episode from Yellowstone Season 5. So that makes sense. I mean, obviously. Exactly. And I mean, speaking of the Yellowstone prequel, it has also added three actors in new recurring roles. Peter Stormore and Tim Decay and Amelia Rico have set to appear in the epic Western series. Stormore from Fargo and the Big Lebowski will play Aluka, described mm. as a weathered and wise sailor, tamed uh, from the decades on the ocean. His accent uh, sent a soup of thousand dialects. <laughs> okay. uh, Decay from uh, Oppenheimer and White Collar will play Bob Strafford, uh, said to be a Montana rancher who's anticipating an intimate wedding between his daughter and one of the Duttons. Oh. Now, Rico from Dark Winds and the original Yellowstone, that's funny, will play, uh, oh, Isaac, uh, Isaac, mm. mm-hmm. Asachi? Asachi, uh, a crow woman hoping to reunite with her family. So there it is, guys. There it is. A lot of exciting stuff. The Sheridan world is ever-expanding. Yes, and continuing to just put out seasons, apparently. Tulsa King has also been renewed for season two at Paramount+. Plus. The renewal comes after the series debuted on the streaming service on November 13th. On November 20th, the premiere episode aired on Paramount Network following a new episode of Yellowstone. In that airing, the series drew 3.7 million viewers, making it the best new linear cable premiere of 2022 so far. Now, this one kind of caught me off guard because everybody has been hearing all the rumors. Sly wasn't so sure he wanted to come back for season two because he says television's tough yeah <laughs> so this is odd i don't know he does have some money involved in it he is his production company is a producer on the project so no doubt seeing the ratings and seeing the money pop i mean that'll make you come back but i don't know uh, it, it is picking up though i will say episode to episode sly seems more comfortable the story is getting more uh put together and so i think i think it's 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 got legs. I think it'll do pretty well. Yeah, very interesting. Now heading over to NBC Universal, Lopez versus Lopez has been given a full series order at NBC. Oh. The multi-camera comedy starring George Lopez and his real-life daughter, Mayan Lopez, will uh, run for 22 episodes in its first season. Per the NBC, the pilot episodes of the series has risen uh, to a 1.6 rating in adults 18 to 49 and has drawn 7.6 million viewers across all platforms since originally airing on NBC on November 4th. Hmm. Three episodes have aired to date and with new episodes set to air on December 2nd. I'm sure they were just trying to figure everything out. Uh, NBC has also says the series has the strongest English uh, dominant Hispanic index among the major four broadcast networks. I watched the pilot and it was pretty funny and they did an homage to, you know, the George Lopez show. Yeah. Uh, but I I think it was pretty funny. So it's going to be, you know, very interesting. It's basically the same character with a grown up daughter trying to figure out nowadays life. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's I think it's good. So, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I'm always like in confused by how they judge success because 7.6 million viewers was about the same <laughs> amount of viewers 
that Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and Council of Dads was drawing, and they considered both of those not worthy for renewal. So I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't get the gauge of what they do. But yeah, well, I mean, this half hour comedy I bet is cheaper than both of those shows for sure. For I just mean, no, for yeah. location wise, but yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I love George Lopez, so I'm happy about it. For hey, sure. Steve Martin and Martin Short are set to co-host Saturday Night Live in December with Elvis star Austin Butler also set to make his hosting debut on the NBC sketch comedy series. Now, Martin and Short will host on December 10th with musical guest Brandy Carlisle. Butler will host on December 17th <coughs> Excuse me, with musical guest Yeah, Yeah, Yes. It was previously announced that Kiki Palmer would host the show on December 3rd with musical guest Za. Now, both Martin and Short have long histories with SNL, of course. Martin has hosted the show 15 times in his career and has appeared in numerous guest roles. Short was, of course, a cast member during the show's 10th season and has hosted the show three times to date himself. So I love that. I love that they're doing it together. That's going to be fucking hysterical. Oh, for sure, for sure. And I mean, uh, I feel like it's going to be What's-His-Face's last show. Um, with only murders in the building, uh, I feel like Steve Martin, after that, he's going to retire. Mm. I know. I've heard Whoa. I've heard rumblings about it. So we'll see. He's yeah. up there, though. He's up there. He is. Uh, Sony Legendary Entertainment, the production company behind Dune and Godzilla vs. Kong, has cut ties with Warner Brothers and entered a multi-year worldwide film distribution deal with Sony Pictures. Under the new agreement, Sony will market and distribute Legendary's upcoming theatrical motion picture titles. Mm. However, select existing projects and at legendary are exempt from this pact obviously if things are already in motion um now meaning warner brothers pictures is still backing dune part two the sequel to 2021 sci-fi adaptation of dune is currently in production and slated for release of november 3rd of 2023 now, in a press release, Sony Pictures and Legendary emphasized that the companies are aligned in their ongoing commitment to theatrical distribution <laughs> as a driver for other downstream windows and theatrical window long-term value for films. Yeah, Whoops. that was throwing Warner Brothers <coughs> under the bus, no doubt. That was a direct dig. Yeah. Because remember, their big fallout and why they left Warner Brothers is because of that whole fiasco of putting everything on streaming instead of theatrical. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you knew they were going somewhere. Now we know where. Sony. Ang Lee, the Oscar-winning director of Life of Pi and Brokeback Mountain, is set to direct a film about Chinese-American martial arts legend Bruce Lee. Ang Lee's son, Mason Lee, is attached to star in the film, which is in development at Sony's 3000 Pictures. Now, Dan Futterman, who wrote Capote and Foxcatcher, is adapting the script. Bruce Lee is a longtime passion project for Ang and a deeply emotional story depicting the triumphs and conflicts of one of the foremost real-life action heroes of our time. Yeah, he's been mentioning this for decades that he wanted to make it, so it's good to finally see it going forward. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. <coughs> a reimagining of the classic 1969 counterculture film Easy Rider is in early development. A construum of uh, skate holders and producers, including Maurice Fida's Kodiak Pictures, Defiant Studios, Eric B. Feichman, and Gene Bollet Group own the adaptation rights to the project. Uh, originally released for or by Columbia Pictures, the original Easy Rider is created with showcasing a changing uh, socio-political landscape in America, particularly through the lens of the uh, 
restless and progressive youth. Now, Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, and Terry Southern wrote the Drug Landon motorcycle epic, which Hopper directed and in which he both he and Fonda starred in. Now, the film is also known for giving an early boost to the young, the one and only Jack Nicholson. Producers behind the reboot are currently in search of bold writers and or directors to update the project for modern times. With the same fringe spirit, filmmakers used the Michael B. Jordan's Creed and its relationship with Rocky as a comp to their ambitions of this new, I don't want to say improved, easy writer. This is one that you just can't. You just you, no. you can't. I mean... You shouldn't even attempt it. You shouldn't no. even touch it. And what does that mean? Like, are they going to try to say, like, Peter Fonda's <laughs> characters in them, they existed and this is like a, a, a current, you know, generation that's paying homage to that? Or is it just like a full-out reboot? I don't know. Either way, it's a fucking cinematic classic and you should never fucking touch it. It, it, it's like if you were going to try to redo the fucking Godfather. You just don't touch some movies, Well, man. that's what I'm saying. Like, in, in we're in a point in time in cinema where it's awesome to be a comic book geek and pop culture. It's amazing. But we're also in a time where, like, reboots are happening so often and to all of these historical movies that put their imprint on the industry that shouldn't even be touched. There's no reason. They are filmed lessons in themselves. And to try to recreate that or redo it, I feel like is just disrespectful, to be honest. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting to see if this, this thing gets any legs and keeps going or hopefully a lot of executives in the entertainment industry are like us and we're like, uh, no, you're not going to fucking do that. Yeah. So we'll I mean, see. It's just, it's disappointing, man. All right. Jumping over to Lionsgate, prepare to see another familiar face in ballerina. The spinoff set in Lionsgate's John Wick universe. Lance Reddick is reprising his role as Sharon, a concierge at the pivotal continental hotel in the upcoming film. Ballerina, of course, as we've told you, stars Anna de Armas as a young female assassin who seeks revenge against the those who killed her family. Now, Len Weissman is directing the movie from a script by Shay Hatton. It's currently in production. Now, Reddick, who appeared in the franchise's first three installments, isn't the only John Wick veteran who's been cast in the spinoff story. Keanu Reeves is expected to make an appearance as John Wick, while Ange uh, Angelica Houston is set to reprise her role from John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, as the director. So, yeah, I like they're keeping it consistent. They're clearly building out that universe. And how do you do that? You keep it, you know, familiar faces within the universe until you get it spun off, right? Highly underrated franchise. You need to watch the I first do. one because, like, the first one, they're all great, but the first one is so special because he barely has any lines of dialogue yeah, yeah. and is just so fucking badass. But, yeah. Great franchise, great franchise. Amazon slash MGM, Mark Burnett has formally re-signed from his top leadership role, resigned from his top leadership role at MGM. That move comes uh, 10 months after Amazon closed the deal of its uh, $8.5 billion acquisition of the studio. Burnett's departure from MGM fold is not a surprise, though. Now, the producer known for uh, enduring unscripted hits like uh, Survivor, The Voice, Shark Tank, has not served as a, a conventional television producer during his nine years with MGM and was not expected to stick around after the sale. 
Now, moreover, as a significantly equity holder in MGM, Burnett profited a handsome amount from this Amazon deal. In the nine years since his... uh, since first sold his 1-3 media production banner to MGM, Burnett has uh, ripped an estimated $900 million. Mm. Now, in a memo to MGM staffers, Burnett said he intended to pursue new ventures as a producer. So that's going to be very interesting since it's been nearly a decade since you've done anything like that. But, you know, hopefully he'll be able to get back on his feet yeah he's got a track record i'm sure he's gonna come out with some more new shows that'll be huge hits just stay away from trump bro just stay away from trump yeah exactly (laughs) because for anybody knows he was behind (laughs) that one too tyler perry is taking his talents to amazon studios apparently entering into a four picture deal with the studio under the new pack perry will write direct and produce four new movies for release on prime video which reaches more than 240 countries and territories worldwide now among perry movies already currently available on the service are Daddy's Little Girls, Tyler Perry's Medea's Big Happy Family, Four Colored Girls, Tyler Perry's uh, Medea Christmas, and Tyler Perry's Single Moms Club. So obviously they're familiar with him. They're having success with his older movies on there. It only makes sense to bring him in and make new movies. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. Well, Amazon's hit, I mean, the biggest thing they're known for right now, The Boys, is bringing back one more familiar face for season four mm. and adding three new ones, including key part for Huey Campbell's uh, Jack Quaid, long lost mother, and yet another supernatural vet. Uh-oh. The superhero drama will welcome the staircases Rosemary DeWitt in the new role, one that has been mentioned both by Huey and his father, Hugh Campbell's senior, aka Simon Pegg, in the previous seasons as the matriarch uh, who left their family when Huey's Huey was a child. Mm. Uh, Big, uh, who played Huey's dad, uh, the boys series premiere in 2019, the most recently reprised role last summer in season three, will return once again for the upcoming season, which is currently shooting in Toronto, along with DeWitt's key part further in new additions for the boys season four. Cast include uh, Rob Benedict, who yes. played Chuck slash God on Supernatural, and is the most recent line of Supernatural vets brought onto the boys by showrunner Eric Kripke, uh, who created the long-running CW network drama, if you didn't know, and Titans and Animal Kingdom actor Elliot Knight. The parts played by these two actors are being kept well under wraps right now, so it's going to be very interesting to see how everything unfolds. Mm. So. A lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Season two of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, has added seven actors in recurring roles also. Gabrielle Awukadiki, uh, Yazin Zaitator, Ben Daniels, Amelia Kenworthy, <laughs> Nia Towell, and Nicholas Woodson will all have joined the show in new roles, though exact character details are, of course, being kept under wraps. Now, in addition, Joseph Mawali is no longer going to play orc leader Adar in season two with Sam Hazeldean from Peaky Blinders stepping into the role. The second season of the epic fantasy series is currently in production in the UK. And did you guys see like several members of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, the films, have come out and really slammed 
this fucking show saying not only do they not want to ever be a part of it, but they don't even watch it. Mm. So, Mm. well, as a Lord of the Rings fan, I mean, you watched the first episode. Did you go on past that? I did not. Mm. So there you go. Was it it just boring? It was beautiful, but it just, it wasn't, it didn't have it. It just didn't have the magic. It didn't have the story. It it needed Peter Jack. You should have kept Peter Jackson involved in it. Uh, It just doesn't work. It's not, it just doesn't capture what the Lord of the Rings trilogy and even in some senses, The Hobbit uh, captured. It just doesn't do it. So, That's no, I bailed after the first episode. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Eagold and uh, Isaiah Mutatha uh, have been cast in Amazon's upcoming series based on James Patterson's Alex Cross novels. Oh. The pair previously joined announced series led Aldous Hodge in the series, which is titled Cross. Amazon ordered the show series back in October, so they're just adding people along, man. That's very exciting. Yes, jumping over to Netflix. Hello, Wisconsin! We're coming back, guys. Netflix <laughs> has set January 19th for the premiere of that 90s show, a follow-up sit to the hit sitcom That 70s Show. We also got a first look at some of the footage in a teaser trailer, which features the return of That 70s Show alums, Deborah Jo Rupp and Kurtwood Smith as beloved grandparents Kitty and Red, and a new group of teenage friends who are in the basement. At first, they're still like, eh, the basement, what? Eh." But then, of course, they do what they all do in the basement. They get high. And they start figuring out what's so awesome about the basement and the Reds' home. So, yeah, you know, they're just hanging out down the street. Yeah, yeah, that's you it. Know. <laughs> I mean, I just—it's gonna be really good. It looks very like it's got that Cobra Kai esque, that Cobra Kai vibe it does. in the sense to where it's so homage to the original thing that you're just like. Oh, I'm so excited. So I think it's going to do really well for Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, Prince Harry and the one only Meghan Markle, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, are about to pull back the curtain on their love story and subsequent retreat from their life away as working royals. Um, after months of mystery, distributor Netflix released a first look trailer at the highly anticipated doc series. This week, the project promises an intimate account of the couple's courtship and unprecedented unprecedented access to their triumptuous years as senior royals and in a trailer which shares an array of romantic photos of the couple but none of their two kids Gerbis uh, Gerbis is heard asking why did you want to make this documentary to which Harry responds in a voiceover no one knows what's happening behind closed doors Harry and Meghan will premiere worldwide on Netflix. I think this is going to be just a big love story type of situation. At least that's what I hope so. And it doesn't have to be like everything drama related. Um, But I think it's just going to be life as royals and it shouldn't be bashing everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I hope you're right. I hope it's just it highlights why they're in love. Why they want to be together and away from the royal family duties and everything and doesn't turn into a bash fest of the royals. I just, I hope it doesn't do that because I don't think anybody wants to see that. No. They love Harry and Meghan. They want to see that love story, but they don't, I think everybody's tired of the bashing of the royals. Well, and I feel like since the queen died, no one's really giving a fuck about any, no one's really talking about the king or none of that bullshit, so... 
I feel like all the 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 excitement died with the queen. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I guess KC three didn't catch on. No. That's I I was hoping <laughs> KC three would catch on. That should have been the Twitter handle. It should have been, been right. at KC three. It would have been a, you know if you're trying to make Chuck entertaining, KC three. <laughs> trust us. Hey, Bobby, Bobby De Niro. You know we love him. Apparently, he's attached to star in the limited series Zero Day, currently in the works at Netflix. That hails from Eric Newman and Noah. Oppenheim. Now, exact plot details are being kept under wraps, but sources say the show would be a political thriller in which Bobby would play a former U.S. president. Mm. Should the series move forward, it would mark the first regular television role of De Niro's career, oh. which, yeah, I mean, that guy's a hardcore film guy. I mean, yeah. He's never done, but... That would be awesome. I feel like it is the day and age where all of these hardcore film actors are coming to television, though. Yeah. Now, will he be like Sly? Television is tough, man. I like, mean, he's <laughs> old, so, I mean, that'd be like Harrison Ford stepping into a TV role. So. I mean, well, he did in 1923. Yeah. He wasn't complaining. Yeah. He's like, yet, yet. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't yeah. crashed a plane or a horse, so we'll, well see. And they were limited. His was only eight episodes, and then eight episodes broke up. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. do you think Bobby's probably too tough he's like hey hey let's see you <laughs> you you i don't think he'd complain yeah, i don't know i don't think he would either <laughs> and if he was he'd be like complaining to himself that's like, right he's very that's quiet right. well lily collins <laughs> is back in paris with emily of course netflix has released a full trailer of the third season of emily in paris of course their hit comedy series and it finds emily at a crossroads choosing between lovers and professional opportunities can she juggle all of this at once oh concierge now, Emily, she will have to make up her mind about how she wants her French future to unfurl. Now, choosing between two different pathways, all 10 episodes of the new season will debut on Netflix just in time for Christmas, December yes. 21st. So that's a little... I'm so pumped. This is a guilty pleasure show for me, anybody who knows it. I love it. I know everybody kind of pans it or whatever. I fucking love it. I think it's entertaining and it's great. And I don't know. I'm just... Come on, Lily. Come on the show. There it is. Just it come is. on the show. Netflix is the Midnight Club <laughs> canceled after one season. Damn, they didn't even get two. No. Shit. The cancellation comes on the heels of executive producers Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy exiting their overall deal at Netflix. Well, then that makes sense. For a new pact with Amazon Studios. Now, The Midnight Club, which launched October 7th, consisted of 10 episodes, the first of which broke the world record for most jump scares in a TV episode. Mm. Well, now I want to watch it just yeah, to right. see. We'll see. I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Apple Surface has been yes. renewed for season two. The first season of the series, which stars Google Mathafta Raw and hails from creator Veronica West, debuted back in July. Yes. The first season was set in San Francisco, while season two will take place in London. Now, per the official logline for season two, the new episodes will find Sophie uh, rediscovering the unfinished relationships that have haunted her memories. As she finds out where she really came from and what made her the flawed person she was, but the mess she was left behind in San Francisco will catch up with her, and Sophie discovers once and for all 
you can never outrun your past. Yes. Uh, you haven't watched that one yet, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So fucking brilliant. It's a great show and she does a phenomenal job in it. You should definitely check it out. Lots of twists and turns and mm-hmm. I'm usually really good at catching them, but they had a couple that I, I didn't see coming. It's a really, really good show. Um, Yeah, I'm pumped for it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, guys, now it is time for our guest segment. We got the one and only Mabel Kadena coming on the show to talk about her time on Black Panther, how yes. awesome Ryan Coogler is, and the epic Marvel experience. I'm super excited for everybody to hear this one. I'm just excited when we get Marvel people on the show so you can hear what it's like firsthand. Yeah, and she's so humble and so appreciative of everything that was involved from the audition process all the way through to now the promotion and how having it out there and what her goals are and what she hopes to do for, for up and comers and for people like herself. Um, it's an awesome interview. Completely agree, man. Completely agree. Well, here she is. My Belcadena, welcome inside the crazy ant farm. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> we are doing well, living the dream. <laughs> Boy, speaking of living the dream, you certainly are the biggest movie in the world right now, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So exciting. I mean, we are so thankful to be able to talk to you tonight. And I know we have a huge amount of Marvel fans as our listeners and our followers, and they are so pumped. Yes, it, it's crazy. I, I can't believe I'm, I, 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 I do a, a movie like this. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. It is. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's an amazing thing. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you so much. Thank so, you so much. I'm very grateful. I'm, I'm, I feel amazing with, with all this experience because it's huge. It's not just a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's more than than this, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Not just for what it does for for the legacy of Chadwick Boseman and that storyline and that, you know, what Ryan Coogler was able to build with the first one and that community and that heritage. But now with the introduction of Namor and their little bit of a change up in, in his history and background, what it's been able to do for your culture and, and, and how Ryan Coogler has been able to build that into the MCU is fantastic. And, uh, uh, I mean, just we're going to talk all about that. We're going to get into that. What we want to mm-hmm. do at first, though, is kind of do a little bit of an introduction to you uh, for you uh, for fans that might not be familiar with your background. So how did you get started in acting? Was it something that you always wanted to do from an early age or did you kind of fall into it? Because if I'm not mistaken, doing the research, you like have a master's degree in like psychology, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how did yeah. that go to acting? <laughs> Well, actually, I, I first I studied acting, and I, I finished the school in 2011, I think, and I start with my career in 2012. Mm. With uh, well, in at that point was the first series in Mexico, Capadocia, mm-hmm. or HBO was my first series in Mexico, and 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 then I continues with some theater things and more series and more series. And my first movie was uh, Godness of Asphalt and available on, on Netflix right now. Yeah. <laughs> and my second movie was Dance of 41 and in, in on Netflix too. And yes, I don't know. I have, I have maybe 11 years work very hard for different things and different representations and and now i have the opportunity for represent 
and the Mora in Black Panther Wakanda Forever and to me is huge. It's it's very huge. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and for anybody who out there that's not comic book geeks and unfamiliar with Namora, Namor's cousin, she's a pivotal character in the comic books, and they made her a pivotal character in this film. Uh mm-hmm. she's she's the go-to person for Namor. She's a, she's the leader of the army, and she, he's the one that uh, you know she she guides him. He turns to her for guidance and stuff. Um. Uh, it's such an amazing and interesting story, though, because I mean, I, I really want to get this out there for a lot of people who aren't familiar. You didn't even speak English when when, when you went for this role. You had no idea what the role was, and then all of a sudden, you're like, "You got it! Come to America and learn to speak English and jump in this movie." Talk about that. What kind of an experience was that? It's crazy because when when, when I start this career, I never thought in my mind it. You know, it's like I I I gonna work in Hollywood. No, never. But because I I didn't speak English, because you sometimes when when you you you're a kid, maybe listen listen things about about how you you look your face or your body or mm-hmm. your color or your different different things. But but you maybe at some point you 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 think well maybe I I can work in Hollywood, but I I I need. I, I need to put attention on my city, in, on my country, and mm-hmm. I need to work very hard for, for make a career here. And when I finish the, the acting school, I continues with another career and I, I study psychology. And, and then I study a master in, in well, psychology, philosophy, and, and, and all these things because I really love study. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can definitely tell. Yeah, you're very smart. And I'm so curious, too, because it seems like, you know, having that background in psychology, it helps you understand people's, you know, how they approach things and definitely different characters that you come about. So that's very exciting. And I'm sure that helped a lot with your character. A lot. A lot. Actually, well, a lot. But but, but I I, um, actually, when I work under the water, I, I, I need think a lot in my my character yeah uh, the psychology because because you you under the water just need hold your breath bread right <laughs> figure out some some things about the emotions but yes i i don't speak english i didn't speak english when i received the, the call for mm-hmm. for marvel so all the my cast my self types uh in english i i just do did for for you know, for practice, mm-hmm. for 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 explore about my emotion, my things, my thought, but but never for do for take the role. You know, right, right. Never was that possible to me, and I I send myself my self tape in English. I sell I send in Nahuatl, okay, and I send in 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 Spanish my my self tape. So to me, it was like well. In Spanish, I, I I'm very very good. Right. <laughs> in English, I don't know what happened, and in Nahuatl, I'm I'm very good too, and so well. And when 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 I received the call, to me was like okay. The first point, the first objective to me was like I need to understand my director. I mm-hmm. need uh, could have the possibility for read my script. Mm-hmm. So I start with some classes, intense classes yeah. uh, in English. 
uh, and when I when I land in Atlanta, I, I I could read my script and I could understand my director, but I it's it's it uh, at that point was really hard to speak uh, a lot with my 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 crew. Yeah, <laughs> sure. No, uh, well, I was just I, I was curious. So Disney and Marvel, they they were aware that you couldn't speak English. Were were yeah. yeah. So. When they when they say okay we're gonna go ahead we want you to take the role and and kind of a stuff was that contingent upon you being able to learn English or were they willing to work around the language barrier for you or how 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 was that process? No, because uh, Marvel gave me the opportunity for um, for take classes in Maya because Namor speak Maya, mm -hmm. so I I start with these classes I I start with the Maya classes. Mm -hmm. Marvel give me an um, assistant in Spanish. Well, oh, so okay. she 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 speaks Spanish and and English and German and a lot of language. Oh wow! Oh, wow! Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Jesse Jesse was my my angel because she helped me a lot during all the process. You know, mm -hmm. was like she always uh, was on set with me and it's like hey, I I think I understand this. Uh, Ryan say that right? Right. Oh no no, Mabel. Right. <laughs> and okay 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 perfect. So I I, I learned very fast uh, about the English mm -hmm. for my crew, for my director, for my colleagues, for Jesse because she she speak with me all the time in English. Mm -hmm. But when I need to work, I uh, worked. Uh, she she start uh, speak with me in Spanish. So was was really amazing the experience in that way because i i i have a very a lovely process with the language mm -hmm. and and a very great theme for understand and be patient and and teach me a different vocabulary and right yes, that's so exciting though because you're learning so many different things especially with your character a lot of you know underwater stuff a lot of fight sequences so how was that training for all of that stuff and then trying to you know actually go in combat and do everything <laughs> oof what very hard I it's bet. <laughs> made a superhero movie it's crazy because i spent one year training physical and mental oh for, wow for the movie I started in Mexico three or four four months ago, mm -hmm. and um, before before travel to Atlanta, mm -hmm. so I start with uh, Olympic coach in Me in Mexico because I I'm really good swim. Um, okay, as in the A water, swimmer, right? yeah. But I I don't I I really want to feel I live under the water. Yeah, you know. So I I speak with my coach and hey, you need you need made uh, made some ex exercise with me because I need uh, I need have some resistance right I have a technique mm -hmm. which is a kick uh, then a more a kick under the water right well I, then I continues when the free diving in Atlanta with mm -hmm. Fritz and Alex and they they were they was an amazing coach <laughs> because they bring me a lot exercise for understand my body and my mind on oh, the wow. water. They, they 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 teach me how how feel my my body mm -hmm. and 
we, we made some cycles about the breath, but then under the water, you just need fight with your mind because yes, because they 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 told me all the time, hey Mabel, when when you feel felt the um, like ipo like uh, yeah. this feeling, it's it's because your body need take a break a, a breath, mm -hmm. so you just need relax and just let it go the thoughts. And and you're gonna be fine. So to me, it was crossing my in my theme. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and let it go. Everything. That's awesome. <laughs> well, and I think amazing too. If 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 I'm not mistaken, I saw I saw somewhere that that Ryan Coogler was very right there with you guys. He felt like, hey, if I'm asking these people to be underwater for as long as I'm asking them to be underwater and do all these things, I need to be underwater too. Is is that true? Was he a very hands-on underwater, kind of right there with you kind of a guy? Yes, yeah, completely true. My first day underwater, at some point, Ryan told me, hey, you need, I, 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 can, I can swim with you underwater and I can, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm good. Don't worry. <laughs> But actually, Ryan was really excited about it. Yes, please say yes. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> that's amazing. So, okay, so the whole swimming stuff, right? That That's awesome. And, and a whole difference between being a good swimmer and then looking like you live underwater. That's a whole different kind of a thing. And you pulled it off brilliantly. But also... I mean, Namora's a pretty kick-ass uh, warrior. She's she's pretty badass. And so, talk about. I'm guessing a lot of stunt choreography and fight choreography went into that too, right? Because I mean, what you were able to accomplish and the way you handled it was just brilliant. I mean, it was really, really good. It, it's crazy because sometimes you spend a lot of time training choreographies and you never know what they, what what happened mm -hmm. on set, you know. And I, I do a choreography in the movie, but in the movie was a deed. So it's crazy because <laughs> I, I really worked really hard uh, for, for, for that. But it was amazing because my body right now know what what need to do in the future, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, but I'm, I'm completely ready. And we, we, we take, we, we take uh, classes, uh, Mayan classes. We took... Uh, physical trainer and and we took a, a stunt trainer so we spent wow. 10 hours per day mm. training preparing namora uh and yes i i do i really i'm very competitive so, <laughs> so and i'm very perfectionist so yeah. I, I spend a lot a lot of time with the stunts because actually i i do almost all my stunts you know so oh, wow um Angie Angie who is my stump uh he she she play I, I think she do she did one scene or two a scene yeah uh, for my stump because because Nate is like Mabel no way you, you can do this with it. like hey I don't have more time but I, I can do this right <laughs> so, so yes I I pretend made every scene by myself so I really uh, train a lot uh, with the stunts, with the choreographies, with with the the coach under the water, with every every stuff uh, uh, for an amora do. That's mm. really cool, and I'm really excited too because I feel like you know 
with there being Namor, there will be Namora. So I feel like anytime Namor is going to pop up in a film, you will also pop up in a film. So the future for you is very big and very bright. So I feel like you could pop up in a lot more Marvel projects, which is very exciting. It's very exciting. And actually, Tanoch and I um, try to, to, to put some little things about our relationship yeah. as Mexican people, as Latin American people, because in Mexico, maybe we are very warm with the, with the people. Mm-hmm. And it's, to us was like, a, hey, we are family and, and we are warrior and we, we, we need to protect the nation and we need to protect Talocan. And, but this do, do, doesn't mean I, I need to agree with everything about Namor say. Right. Know? So to, to me, it's like Nam- Namor is uh, 100 generation behind Namora. Right. Namora yeah. <laughs> is an, an, a new generation, you know, and for, for she, she, she learned fight to death. Mm-hmm. So to me, that, that's amazing because she, she, she is. She's try to understand what is happening with Namor because he he teach her all all, all these little things and at the end he changed the story. So right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know, I I love that though that you said that you guys work together to bring in some of your culture and some of your mm-hmm. ideas because family is exactly that, right? You 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 get it, but you don't always have to agree, and so you're like, okay, I, I love you, we're family. I understand why you're doing what you're doing, but I don't necessarily agree with what you're doing, and and I love that that you guys worked it in. Um, it's also really good to hear. I'm guessing that Ryan Coogler was very open to the idea of you guys bringing in and inter projecting stuff like that yeah. into the story amazing Ryan Ryan it's a very gently man and and very lovely it's it's beautiful because she he he all the time tried to understand my my thoughts as woman as Mexican as Latin American woman all the time uh, spoke about hey make sense this or make sense this for you Mabel or you 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 have some propose and when when I propose something, he always always hear me and Nate to the producer was to me I as actress for I I felt for the first time the producer and and the director hear me listen mm. uh, my 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 propose my my words my feelings because uh, they all the time react to me about a Nate, a Brian, I, I need to say something. I, I I'm ready for made this scene. Please, please let me. And it's yes, yes, my well, I trust in you. So go ahead uh, with the scene or hey Ryan, I to me maybe this scene not makes sense because uh, as as woman it's completely weird, you know? Yeah. So right. yeah. And Brian to me is like, okay, let's change the, the world or let's change the movement or let's change different things. So to me as actress was like, oh my God, for the first time my <laughs> director 
listen to me. So it's beautiful. It's a beautiful experience. Oh my goodness. It really seemed like it too, because the dynamic between you and Namor, like it did come across like family. And really the whole film was about family, just trying to get through multiple passings on Shuri's side and just trying to, you know, come together in unity and protect each other's land, basically. So I thought it was a beautiful film to represent family. Um, everything about it was amazing. And then I'm sure, did you feel that way behind the scenes too? Was everybody on set very warm and welcoming and all the cast and crew and everything? Everything, everything. You, you, well, actually, I spoke about that because my english my my nervous my first day all the time Leticia and and the rest of the crew is like hey have fun mabel relax uh, feel comfortable you 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 are safe here we 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 want to take about you in the in, in on set so we all all the time uh, are singing uh, or fighting or <laughs> or we spend a, a really amazing time and and all these women women's to me it's like an inspiration you know because when i i felt maybe i i i can do anything i i just think about my my colleagues is like no they they are training right now and i need i need to start my day with they so was very inspira inspiration there. Well, I got to tell you, so it it comes across that way. Every we've we've interviewed a lot of people that have been on Marvel projects, and I feel like that the MCU in general. Once you're a part of that family, and it is a family, it is a very close knit group of. They are all welcoming. They're like welcome to the fold. This is a, such a unique thing. It's never been done before in Hollywood. The way that they have built this, and so when you get in there and become a part of it, you know it's something really special. And mm -hmm. I want to talk to a little bit about what you just said about you viewed Letitia and 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 Angela and the other women as an inspiration and and somebody. I feel like now you can consider yourself in that group because I feel like you are going to inspire so many young women from your culture and from your home country to say, you can do this. You can be out there and you can be doing what I'm doing or whatever it is that you're trying to do. You can do it. And, and I feel like it's such a wonderful thing that, that Marvel and Disney have done an excellent job over the last few years with inclusivity and diversity and trying to show different cultures and not not just women but uh, people of color and 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 backgrounds and they've really started to work these things into their projects and for you to be able to be a part of that now and to be able to bring that back to your home country and say look this is where it's at you, so much thing is possible now how does that make you feel it's huge because at the beginning I just put in my mind, hey, I, I, I want to represent with dignity every woman, every Latin American woman around the world, mm -hmm. not just in, in the USA, in, in around the world. And and then uh, when I watch the movie for the first time, sometimes I don't have enough words for explain uh, myself about the representation, about different things about that the diversity or the or, or that but but when i watch the movie for the first time happens a lot of things in my body 
and 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 I I knew at at that point that's the, the that's the representation because okay. I I can watch for the first time uh, um, that then then a more face like that uh, or my face with my eyes with right. my, my skin with with my complex because it's I, I don't know how to explain but the, the experience is it's completely different it's like oh my god I'm, I'm a superhero on in in Hollywood but my name is there confused <laughs> <laughs> because some your, your mind sometimes have words completely op opposite right oh yeah and it's like you, when you watch the movie it's like oh my god this is this is crazy and and few days ago i have a um a meeting and great with with some fans and a lot of fans in mexico it's like hey mabel you you remember me i can be a superhero in my, my <laughs> own life yeah you know you remember me it's it's amazing see my face in your face mm -hmm. it's amazing see you know but it, this is not about the color in my experience, um, it's about the color, but it's not about the color right. because sometimes I, I speak with with some little girls and and they are a beautiful white, white girls and a beautiful brown brown girls, and it's like, hey, you inspire me and you, I I can be a superhero and I can be actress and I can I can paint I can different things. Yes. So me is like, a, okay, this is huge for. For my generation and for the generations to come, you know, and and I really appreciate that legacy because that's for Black Panther mm -hmm. specifically. Uh, this movie bring is like take my hand uh, and 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 join me, join me to you, you know, join to the movie. Yeah, for made this legacy together because it's huge. Uh, black panther movie around the world to me the first black panther to me was like oh my god this is beautiful for mm -hmm. the first time i can see different faces yeah. i can see different color skin i can feel different heroes and to me as mexican was huge and now as mexican i'm part of a movie like black panther right? like, oh my god <laughs> i i just hope that the the little kids can can grow more free in the mind mm. yes and i really think they will because of you and because of people like you who are doing things like this so it's been an absolute pleasure and an absolute joy to talk to you to tonight thank you so much for taking time out of your evening and talking about your story and everything like that because we know that you're gonna go really far in this career you have a bright future ahead of you so we're super excited and Anytime you want to come back on the show, you're more than welcome to come back on. We Thank really so. love this interview. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I just want to say something because this 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 moment to me is not possible uh, without my, my ancestors, without my mother dreams, without my, my grandmother dreams. And I'm very grateful because today I am standing... You you have a really good phrase. I standing on the the shoulders of a Jijan. Mm -hmm. Yes. See a, a new world. Yeah. So that because my ancestors. So I just was one finish with that. Yeah. So, oh, well, you, you make. Thank you for having me. Of course. I really 
appreciate this time. Oh, of course. And and listen, I just just from the heart, I think that Ryan Coogler and 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 Disney and everyone involved with this with this made the choice because you are an absolute gem of an addition to that world and to this community to Hollywood in general I think what you are able to do and what you've done and where you're going is huge and uh, the kudos for them to recognize that and to bring you in uh, it's definitely a much better place with you in it so uh, congratulations seriously thank you so much you're welcome <laughs> No problem. Well, hey, listen, take care. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and we'll be talking to you soon, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Have a good night. You, you too. too. Man, she was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. The The work that she put in and the passion that she had is just unreal. She's like, no, I can do this. I can do this better. Have some patience. I want to do this. I want to do this. And like, just, But I was really thrilled to hear that she was able to interject some stuff in and that Ryan Coogler was so open to allow her, even though the character they had gone Mayan background was to say, no, we're going to put some of your background into it. And, and what would you do? And what I'm, I love that Marvel is that open to the diversity and inclusivity in their characters and what they're trying to say. Yeah. And I mean, just her story in general was so beautiful and to hear different things about on set with Ryan Coogler being such a hands-on director. I'm like, no, I'm going underwater with you i'll swim right there right <laughs> yeah. beside you yeah so that's really good to hear it's awesome to hear that camaraderie that we all think that is happening it's actually happening so and you know we talk about it all the time like the motivation right like it, the art right we love what we do and we love making things for people to put out there and, and to and to digest on and everything it's not about the money it's not about the fame and we talk about all the time if we can just inspire one person to go and after and achieve their dreams because of something that we did inspired them to do it. And so when she talked about being an inspiration and inspiring those little girls to go do whatever, like she said, paint or write or whatever, you know, that's what it's all about to me, like inspiring others to do what they want to do and live their dreams. And I think she's just fantastic for recognizing that and being able to put that forward into the world, man. Most definitely. Completely agree. Well, thank you again, Maybell, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for the top five segment. And this week it is TV shows that were based on films. Last yes. week it was films that were based on TV shows. <laughs> so Jason just wanted to flip it around on us. <coughs> now, number five, I uh, kind of cheated. I'm not going to lie because uh, it's definitely not what he was asking for, but it's such a good show. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about it a little bit and if you haven't watched it yet be sure to check it out on paramount plus because it's so damn good and i'm talking about the offer it is a television show about the making of a movie so i mean you know i got around it a little bit yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. so good the cast is such an amazing cast miles teller is so underrated once like once the leos become the bobbies Miles has begun to become a Leo. Like, he's almost to that point to where I feel like he's on top of the world because he's making all these fucking... He's, like, almost Tom Cruise level. I'm just saying. Like, keep putting out hit after hit. This guy is going to be on top of the world, like, in the next 10 years. But, uh, yeah, this is such an amazing story about the making of The Godfather and how the mob actually gets involved and fucking Frank from Friends is a bad guy and, like, all of this <laughs> stuff, man. It's so special. And if you're a filmmaker, you absolutely have to watch it. It's a must-see of 2022. Um, but, yeah, I mean... 
mean, you guys know we love film, obviously, aka the podcast, aka Crazy Ant Media. Um, but it's just, it was special. It's very special, especially for one of the best films of all time, The Godfather. So that's why The Offer is number five on my list. Oh, fantastic pick. And yeah, you kind of got around it, but it was totally worth it. Of Cast, of course, by our good buddy, uh, John Papsidera, which in my opinion, Matthew Good steals the whole thing. As awesome as Miles Teller was, as awesome as Ed Dan Fogelman was uh, for, um, uh, 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 of course, Francis Ford Coppola, I just think that, that Matthew Good as Bob, head of Paramount there, just steals the fucking scene and everything that he's in and every part of it. I just, great pick, man. That was a really good pick. My number five, <coughs> there can only be one. <coughs> I'm, of course, talking about Highlander. Mm. My opinion, those were great films. I really enjoyed Christopher Lambert and Sean Connery in the films, but I thought the TV show was infinitely better than the films. I fucking loved Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod instead of Connor McLeod. Um, and I just thought the whole series, it, it, it ended up stretching over a bunch of different years, uh, came, it was there and then went away and then came back. And, um, but if you're a fan of it, you know, of Highlander and, you know, you know the story. They're immortals. There can be only one. They have to, whenever they come in contact with each other, they have to chop the head off of the other one to survive. And um, it was just a really brilliant show. And um, I don't know. I was all into it as a kid. And, I, you know, because that's when I first started watching the movies. And then I caught the series and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then they did connect, finally, Connor McCloud and Duncan McCloud. There was lineage there between the movies and the shows and how it all came together. But if you're a fan of the movies, I would highly recommend, if you haven't already, check out the series. It was really fucking good, man. For sure, for sure. Number four for me is actually a recommendation from our forever guest, uh, the one and only Rebecca Kennedy, because she talked about it, I believe, the last time she was on the show. And I'm talking about Chucky. Man, oh, man. I mean, Child's Play is one of those all-time cult classic horror films and when they were turning this into a television show i was kind of skeptical i'm not gonna lie but they went back to his original look they took away like the stitches on the face and all of these different things made him smooth again um but yeah it's very interesting i've just watched the pilot so far um but it's i think it does homage to the original films and bringing back some of that classic slasher type of mentality that i think a lot of cult followers love about these type of films so that's why i wanted to put it on my list definitely worth a watch at least for the pilot to check it out um but yeah number four for me chucky well there you go my number four is kind of paying homage to the late irene Kara, <laughs> who passed away just recently i was just devastated to taken far too young but my number four is Fame. It was a huge movie with Irene Cara, and uh, obviously, if you don't know anything about it, it's about a, a bunch of students who go to school at the uh, School for the Performing Arts, and it spun off a television show, which uh, the the incomparable Debbie Allen uh, starred in and was the main woman in. And you've heard us talk with guests in the past about old, old Debbie Allen with her stick in that show, that dancing stick, man. You didn't fuck with her character with that stick. Um, it, it had a lot of unknowns on that show that became huge stars coming off of that show. Lori Singer at the top of my head can think of one, but um, it's just a really good inside look at the struggles of people who go to those performing arts schools trying to be the best of the best and make it. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not always easy. 
and it's devastating and it's hard sometimes. And, and I felt like the movie and this series did a really good job of highlighting what they have to kind of go through to even get into the school, let alone stay in the school and perform at the level that you had to. Um, really, really good series. And like I said, a very young Debbie Allen in it. Um, go check it out. Back. I mean, obviously, you know, my list is filled with eight. <laughs> <shit. laughs> you know, check it out, though. It's fantastic. For sure. For sure. Number three for me goes to one that we were just talking about in the industry news segment that has that just special aura around it. And honestly, like I'm talking about Cobra Kai that's on Netflix right now. Originally was on who uh, YouTube originals, which mm-hmm. I don't even think is a thing anymore. Nope. Um, but Cobra Kai is special in the sense that I, I have been saying this since day one, since we started watching it. It's so cheesy, but it's that good type of cheese, especially these later seasons to where it's getting like repetitive and, but people are still watching it. I think it's special in the sense that you're still intrigued. You know what's going to happen. You know at least how the storyline of the season of the arc is going to progress. But you're still like, oh, what's going to happen here? And I think they're going to do a really good job with a fourth season, I think, yeah, where yep. it's about to come out, where they're actually getting out of you know Los Angeles and stuff. Uh, but I think it's just, it's just special because it's very homage to the 80s which i know you love um but it's something that i think that is a it's a new life for a franchise that was for your generation but now can also be for my generation so it's very special so that's why number three for me is cobra kai hell yes my number three i wish desperately was still on the air you know we love hulu we know you know that we think they're brilliant and that they have great shows and they've made really a lot of smart decisions This is one decision that was not smart that I'm still pissed off about. My number three, High Fidelity, the series based on the movie with John Cusack. Um, This one starred Zoe Kravitz, and it was fucking epic. I loved every second of this series. It took everything that was brilliant about the film and put it in the series and was as brilliant infinitely as great as the film was which I was worried at first I'm like "Mm, that's a classic 80s film and it's like so good do you want to touch that but Zoe Kravitz took such pride in it and such personal growth in it to make sure that it was right and a and of course you know her mom Lisa Bonet in the high fidelity film with John Cusack so it was like a nice little tribute there too um If you can find this, if it's still on Hulu, and I'm not even sure if it is, but if you can find it, and if you, even if you weren't a fan of the film, I think you'll really, really, if you like music, and you like, you know, current times, and you're a fan of Zoe Kravitz, and just in general... I think you're going to love this fucking series. High Fidelity Hulu. I hate that you canceled it. I would have loved to have seen more seasons from it. Um, if you can find it, check it out. I think you'll be really happy that you do. High yeah. Fidelity. To be honest, I was a fan of the TV show and did not like the film. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really good. I think just their interpretation of the characters, I think, was very well done. So oh, yeah. definitely check out that one. Number two for me goes to Bates Motel. Of course, a spinoff of the one and only, or it's like a prequel to the one and only Psycho, mm. a.k.a. Alfred Hitchcock. I mean, come on now, black and white. Classic, classic. Um, but I mean, just Freddie Highmore in that character. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. you see how good of an actor he is because I get introduced to Freddie as um kid from August Rush. And just yeah. from that to his teenage years to basically playing this uh, pre-pubescent, like, psycho killer 
with his mom and like just that whole dynamic. And then fucking uh, Max Thurdo there fucking yeah. was the brother uh, yeah. who's now on Fire Country. He definitely bulked up, bulked up a little bit. Um, but this is such a good show. And the storyline is basically a family trying to figure it all out and do what they can do. Is it perfect? No, but no family is perfect. Um, especially not fucking crazy ass families. But I, I really enjoyed it. If you can find this one now, it's definitely worth the watch. Bates Motel. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the cast, like you said, I mean, <laughs> fuck, Freddie Highmore is awesome. But then you throw in Max Terrio. And mom, crazy-ass mom that the whole thing is, is Vera Farmiga, which yeah. is fucking phenomenal. I mean, so it's definitely worth the watch if you guys haven't checked it out. My number two, it, it had to be on the list, you guys. It's one of the, the my favorite shows of all time. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller, our friend Danny Strong, and just numerous other people on this show, of course, obviously. I am talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which in my opinion, infinitely better than the film with Christy Swanson and Luke Perry. Infinitely better. I thought the series grabbed it and captured it right and ran with it, did everything solid. Um it's, I, I can't say enough about it. You guys know it. You love it. You, it. It's Whether you've seen the show or not, you know all about it because it's that entrenched in pop culture. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, you most definitely should. It's a phenomenal show. It's dramatic. It's comedic. It's, it's suspenseful. It's all different kinds of things. And the cast that come in and out of that show, along with the regulars, are fucking phenomenal. And I think that you would love this show. Um, give it a chance. Watch all of the seasons. You'll be so glad that you did. It's a brilliant fucking show. Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. I mean, I still go back and watch it sometimes. I for mean. sure. For sure. Number one for me goes to Mighty Duck Game Changers. Mm. This is by far, I think, in my opinion, the best television show that is based off of a movie franchise. And bringing the originals back. And Lauren Graham, of course, and the kids. I feel like everything about it is just so spot on. And nice to see that I I don't even what what have we been calling them? They're not reimaginings. They're not retellings. They're continuations, yeah. basically, of yeah. the original stories, which make them make the films even more special. And I think what they're doing here on Disney Plus is like going like so well. So that's why it's on my list as number one. Mighty Duck Game Changers. Hell yeah. It's one of my all time favorite movie franchises as a kid. Great memories. No, I guess not kids. I was about young, to say as a young kid. Man, young man. Young man in my twenties. But um yeah, I mean, I loved the movie franchise, and I do have a lot of great memories of seeing it with people that were very close to me at the time, and, and just, it, it was great. So when they announced that this was coming back, I was all in. I think this is so successful, and I think that people got behind doing this idea because of the success of your number three and my number one, Cobra Kai. They saw that you can have a continuation of a beloved 80s thing, and if you do it properly, it can work really, really well. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. I, I Lauren Graham was the perfect choice for it. They are doing it well with sprinkling in originals into it. You're seeing them come back. And, um, and so I'm just going to jump into mine, Cobra Kai, like you discussed. I think the reason that both these shows work is because they do what you're supposed to do. If it ain't broke... Don't fix it. They're taking everything that worked from those original beloved 80s films and keeping it. 
and and just moving forward with the progression of here's where we are now in the modern times and where these characters are and that works you get the nostalgia from the 80s so you do attract my my age group and my audience and demographic and then you get the current times where you're able to bring in the current group and demographic and 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 have that you know i think that's why those are both so successful and they wholeheartedly both are great number one picks you know cobra kai and mighty ducks they they just work if you're a fan of the 80s or even if you're not but have nostalgic feelings towards the 80s check out these two shows you're gonna fucking love them i guarantee you for sure for sure and we want to know what is your number one tv show based on a film be sure to comment below in the youtube section or add us on twitter jayla fantastic and crazy ant guy 1970 we want to know we love the fan yes Well, heading over to the box office recap, like we've told you about before, Black Panther still reigning high with Wakanda Forever sitting at $45.9 million. Strange World came in at number two with $11.9. Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery for that one week only mm-hmm. uh, being at, came in at number three with $9.4 million. Devotion came in at um, number six. That's the aviation one. And The Menu came in at number five with 5.2. I want to see that one too. There's a few good movies out, or a few movies out right now that I want to see. Yeah, and the one that did really (laughs) extremely well, but it was only a limited release, but had a massive per screen total, was um, The Fablement, the Steven Spielberg, you know, autobiography film or whatever. So I can't wait to see that one. Now it's opening up into mass uh, screen as well so i'm excited for that one for sure for sure uh movies that are coming out this weekend violent night uh emancipation and select theaters um sal uh savage salvation uh safe neighborhood and spoiler alert uh, mm. some of those in select theaters near you some of those are like one week only and then it'll hit streamers and yep. you know you gotta keep an eye on all of them Movies you can go see, Black Adam, The Fablemans, Bones and All, and Ticket to Paradise and Homecoming. Yeah. Uh, IMDb Pro's top trending segment, of course, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is still number one on the movies. I hear a lot of people talking about this television show, and I haven't given it a watch yet, but I definitely want to. Me too. And I'm talking about Wednesday, you know, the continuation or the uh, adaptation of The Addams Family. A lot of fucking people are talking about it. It's like an underground sleeper that is just taking Netflix by storm. So kudos to them. They're definitely, I think Netflix is continuing putting out good television content and that's what they need to focus on because their movies are not that great. Um, Ben Affleck will tell you. (laughs) Yeah. They just need to keep focusing on movies, man. I mean, leave the, or leave the movies. They need to keep focused on television. Leave the movies to all of the other studios. They've been doing it for over a hundred years. You are doing so well in the television game, and you're making so much money from that. Just leave it at that. I'm just saying. Uh, and the top trending star is uh, Gina Ortega, of course, from Wednesday. Uh, so, yeah, man, a lot of good stuff happening. So it's everywhere, guys. It's everywhere. But we got to thank our guest one more time, Mabel Kadina, for coming on the show. Yes. Be sure to follow her on social media, Instagram and Twitter. She's more active on Instagram. Um, be sure to follow the company and podcast on social media at Crazy Ant Media and at Get Cap Podcast. You know you can follow us both personally on social media. Myself at JLo Fantastic and at 
Crazy Ant Guy 1970. That's right. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. And if you're watching this video on YouTube, we appreciate it. Be sure to hit that like button on the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring that bell for all the latest and greatest notifications coming out of Crazy Ant Media. Yes. And be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, we got anything you need for this holiday season. So, man, oh man, I think, of course, I think for both of us, it's probably Bob Iger. That, that's <laughs> that's what it is. We're so excited. We're so happy. Welcome back, sir. So so excited. I'm I'm pumped. He's 71 years old, acting like he's a prime 50, and just killing it, man. I mean, this guy is on top of the world. Stock fucking rising, and definitely, I did see with talking more about it. Big acquisition or acquisition is not in the plan. He's not going to buy up uh, Sony's pictures. He's not going to go after a video game place. That is not part of it. He is staying in-house and trying to figure this shit out. And I think that is very key and very vital because I feel like if you did a big acquisition like that, that's just going to be sweeping the other stuff under the rug, which would be a very Bob Chappick move. But this is the right Bob. It is the right Bob. And now the question is, is we know he's not focused on that. But can he stave off now? That's going to be the question because Apple apparently is interested in acquiring Disney. I did see so, him say that. No, that he yeah. is not going to let that happen. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. So, um, but he is tight with Tim Cook there. So I don't know. I hope not. I mean, the Mouse House is the Mouse House. You don't want it like just acquired by anybody else. No. I just now that Steve Jobs is gone, I think if Steve Jobs was still alive and it was an Iger Jobs thing, like they had talked about, I think maybe it would have been successful and would have been. Fun. But since that's not possible, I just don't think you fucking touch that. You don't no. do it. Uh, I agree with you. I, I'm just I'm pumped that he's back. Obviously, because we've been fucking hating on Chappie forever. So yay, Disney. Good job. Good job. Now, like I said, just if we can get rid of Zaslaw. Why? Because as we were talking about, there's still fucking things up. He made a good decision with James Gunn and Saffron, but they still don't know. Well, let's just throw DC somewhere else. Like, what? If you're going to connect that universe, why the fuck would you have to make people go to 85 different streamers to find the fucking connected universe? Just put it all in exactly. one place. I mean, like, Apple should just buy Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. there you go. If they want a studio. Yeah, exactly. Zaslav wants to fucking sell it off, so, I mean, you might as well, right? I'm just like, saying. Hey. If Apple's not going to buy Netflix, it needs to buy Warner Brothers. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. Save it. So good, man. So good. A great show. But you guys know we love the one, the only Oprah. Oprah.